It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. This is the AC Report. Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Moreno. Time for our weekly look at Monopoly City, one of the most interesting cities on the face of the earth, and that is Atlantic City, New Jersey. A year ago, uh, we had announced, we'd broken the story that Atlantic City was getting a supermarket. They were getting a shop right, to be precise. People were excited about it. And I don't remember who I was talking to. It might have been my buddy Tom Forkin. And I asked him, basically, what do you think of this? Isn't this, isn't this good news? And he says, yeah, we'll see if it happens. And I said, how can this guy be so cynical? Why shouldn't he just celebrate the fact that Atlantic City is getting a, a supermarket for the first time? And sure enough, it looks like the deal for a supermarket is dead. Here to tell us more about that and uh, what else is happening in Atlantic City is Nicholas Huba, the news and digital editor for the press of Atlantic City, Atlantic City's go-to newspaper. Nicholas, thanks so much for uh, getting up early. I know it's a, a tough hour. Thank you. Hey, thanks, Frank. Frank, thanks for having me. First of all, I have to follow an intro that includes Tom Fork, and that's really impressive. Um, <laughs> you know Tom, I guess, then. I, I've, I covered Tom for a while when I was on the, on the AC beat. So you talk about the idea of, um, you know, a, they announce this project and everyone gets excited. You know, there's an old saying we always joke about in the newsrooms. We call Atlantic City a city of renderings. It's, it's a city where you have plans, but sometimes you just don't fall, come through perfectly. And I think this is another example of that. All right. So before we get to exactly what happens here, which I'm most curious about, set the stage for a lot of our listeners, because when I was promoting your appearance on social media and on the radio, a bunch of folks uh, who maybe haven't been to Atlantic City or they just even if they have been, they don't leave the casino or the boardwalk. They were all not they all, but many of them were a little bit surprised that Atlantic City doesn't have a supermarket. How long has that been the case that a city as well known as Atlantic City has not had a supermarket? It's probably been about fifteen to twenty years, if I can remember correctly. Like they do have like smaller, like they have like a Save a Lot, I think, a smaller Save a Lot, and they have a lot of bodegas, like these boom soup, these boom food markets, which are really ingrained in the communities, and they've. You know, if you've ever been in one, they function directly as a smaller supermarket for that direct communities. Like there's one by Stock, the new Stockton project that's just a, that's being built. 
University, which was opened in Chelsea. Like, there's a really nice one there. They're scattered throughout the town. There's smaller bodegas on corners. You know, the issue of the supermarket's been going on. You know, if you go back to, like, when the state, when Murphy's administration took over, they issued a report from Jim Johnson talking about the concept of a food desert. And this was kind of one of the things that they, you know, both the, the mayor and the um, government and the state government hung their hats on as a thing like they were going to do to make Atlantic City a better place. You know, you go, this was 2019, I think, the funding, or 2018 when the funding was all, like, um, basically allocated for this for CRDA. And, you know, the world's a very different place financially and just different totally, like, since 2018, 2019, mm. pre-pandemic, you know, and you look at the project and, you know, they just couldn't come to a number to so, make it work. Yeah. Who was the they that couldn't come to an, uh, a number? Obviously, part of the they has got to be ShopRite. Who's the other component that uh, they couldn't come to terms with? CRDA, the Casino Reinvestment Development Authority, the big um, would take a lot of the casino taxes. I don't think, I don't know if a lot of people are, are very familiar with it, but you know the casinos pay these taxes. They pay them. They used, they paid them directly to. They used to pay them directly to the um, CRDA, and they would then take that money and repurpose it for like different projects around the city. Some of them were inside the casinos. Some of them were like, you know, different. Like the skate zone was funded in part by on um, that, and a couple other things in the city. So they would then they would take that money and put it into other projects, and they set aside like a large chunk of money like for this. But you know, it just. Negotiate kind of like one of the things that's very interesting about the project is Murphy and, and the state was down here for a groundbreaking and like they celebrated this, thing right? And that, then they that, that's what I'd be so embarrassed if I was everybody involved here. Well, that's the thing a lot of people keep going back to. Like, you know, one of the things when you have a groundbreaking, you, you better have a firm deal, you know, and a firm deal, but it looked like. Like Village One and Village Supermarkets, who was the this, this shop right person, would go back, according to reporting from our reporters, Bill Barlow in particular, who did a great job of the story. Um, there were discussed sources told us that there were discussions that Village kept wanting more and more money. And, you know, and I, I guess the state didn't want to go to that level, you know. But my question always with this, with this, with this situation is when you hang your hat on such a, a cornerstone project of, Murphy's administration running Atlantic City and the state control stuff, like, how do you not make it happen? Mm. And you you indicated they couldn't come up with uh, an agreement on the numbers. As I understood it, they were basically, the CRDA was essentially giving this location to ShopRite at almost no cost, something like a dollar a year. What numbers could they not come to terms on? Our understanding was like the construction number also, and also like numbers for fun, like to run it, like to cover losses, you know, you know, there's a concern like, and I think people who have followed Atlantic City for years, one of the concerns about some of these projects are like, like this one in particular is kind of like people won't go on the record when they say it, but it's like the loss of, of merchandise and stuff like that. The concern about shoplifting. Shoplifting, yes. Um, shoplifting, they having they had an issue at the walk with that kind of stuff. You know, a business, do they want to come into the city and take a loss? And how are you going to cover that loss for that developer? Like, that was the issue. You know, how, what number were they able to come to that covered those potential losses? And also, don't forget about this, though. The one thing people talk about, like Atlantic City, also remember Atlantic City, 
as some as a professor once told me, is the biggest little city in the world. Like you go anywhere in Europe, people know Atlantic City. You go anywhere, people know Atlantic right. City. Atlantic City only has forty thousand people at mm-hmm. its height. You know, it has less than that now, probably. So it, it isn't a monster city, like population wise. So always keep that in mind when we talk about Atlantic City. Sure, it's a two billion dollar gaming mecca, but the actual residency is a is a is about forty thirty five to forty thousand. It's a great point. So where do things stand now in terms of the future prospects of getting a supermarket there? Well, right now we're kind of like the state uh, right before Christmas and then right before the holidays, I think, actually said that they're going to go out and seek proposals again. You know, um, I think the first time they only got one back from Village, you know, from I think the ShopRite company. So it's interesting to see, like, if another supermarket will step up and and want to take on this project. Creta has the land. Creta's got the money. You know, now it's up to like I guess coming up with a number. Mm. You know, to make it work. And you know, the economy is very different now, like than it was when they originally allocated that many money pre-pandemic. You know, so yeah, I guess the question is how high, how much more money is Creta and the state willing to throw in, and how much is the developer or the person willing to kind of bite the bullet in a way. Mm, no, it's, uh, we'll see. It's uh, certainly disconcerting. You know, one of the things that w- I alluded to when uh, I was uh, introducing you, one of the things that people often say whenever I have a developer on or somebody that's proposing a new project, whatever it is, is how can Atlantic City get that done if they can't get a supermarket done? Do you think that cynicism is well-placed at this point? Uh Yes and no. I know I'm going to stand on the fence here, but there's always been, you know, you listen to developers talk, you listen to um, people talk from the city. You know, one of the issues with the city is the governmental way it works. You know, you have Creta that controls the tourism district. You have the city that controls this. You have the state that's involved now. If you are going to do a project, where do you go to even start? You know, there's no kind of central thing. And I think that's kind of it. You know, how can they get anything done? You know, this has been an issue for generations, you know. Um, I I just think these projects, you know, look at what's going on at Bader Field. Look at kind of the issues going on there. We have the two competing projects. You have this, like, auto sports kind of themed project, and you have Bart Blatstein's themed project. You know, there's there's kind of, con- not controversy, but there's issues with those. Like, how are, how are you supposed to redevelop Bader Field? What's the process to redevelop Bader Field? So, you know, some of it's it's inherently in the um, kind of way the city operates in a lot of ways. Sure. No, that makes sense. Talking with Nick Huba from the uh, Press of Atlantic City. Uh, I saw in the Press of Atlantic City that the Atlantic City Visitor Welcome Center is going to reopen uh, this year. Uh, what is at the Visitor Welcome Center and uh, when will it reopen if it hasn't reopened already? So that, that's actually a funny story. Like, you know, you go into the city, you see that on the expressway, they see a tent-like building. Like, it's been closed for years now right. because they didn't know, even know what to do with it. And evidently, last year, it was reopened, unbeknownst to anybody. <laughs> like, like, it's one of those great Atlantic City things. Like, it was open. No, well, no one let anyone know. And and kind of the story we got from the state was, like, oh, Phil Murphy wanted to try to, like, um, went to open it to see what it could do. And they're reopening it this year. Like, that place has been fraught with issues over the years, you know. When it was built, it was only... It was built without a bathroom. Like, who builds a visitor center without a bathroom? 
Like, isn't that why we all stop at rest stops and visitor centers, like when we're going to like Virginia or Maryland or anywhere? Um, and then they added two small ones. So it's always been kind of like the, um, you know, the kind of this like, I don't know, like albatross in a way. It's like a smaller one than a lot of things, and a lot of albatrosses. But it's, it was kind of a joke at one point, you know. Now it's, you know, now they're going to try to figure out what to do with it. Because, you know, you drive into Atlantic City and you see a thing that's closed. It's not a good look. You know what I mean? Like, and perception is reality in a lot of ways to people. So I'm interested to see, like, at see um, kind of what happens with that. So if they can make it work. what is there? What is in the visitor center? Oh, it's like small. It's got like some pamphlets and kind of like, you know, you go to like, if you're going down like the eastern shore of Maryland, like they have those like smaller mm-hmm. welcome centers. That's kind of what it was. Gotcha. A bunch gotcha. of pamphlets about like, you know, you want to go like, you want to play golf at this course. You want to go like shopping at this place. You know, you want to go to Tomasello Winery, which is like on the mainland and stuff like that. You want to do those kind of things. Like that's kind of what used to be. You know, but like as as um, an Eric Conklin story a couple of weeks ago, like last week was talking about like there's no need for that anymore. Like with the advent of digital uh, smartphones and everything, everyone just pulls their phone up, goes, "I want to go to a restaurant. I want to go to like an amusement park." You just pull, put it in, you're good to go. You know, so I think that's part of what they're trying to figure out with this whole thing. From, from your perspective, how do you think Atlantic City is uh, is doing overall? It, it's no secret that Atlantic City has had some tough times. There's also been uh, times that were incredibly prosperous for Atlantic City. From, from where you're standing, how do you see Atlantic City in the present and in the near future? I think it's I think this is kind of the new normal for it. Like, I think, like, casino game is going to probably stay where it is a little bit. Like, I don't see it going much higher. Maybe it goes a little higher, but, like, not crazy. Um, The city, you know, um, I think overall, I think the two biggest things are, like, the the redevelopment of Bader Field and um, and the supermarket in a lot of ways. You know, they have made steps. Like, I think the one thing, like, we all have to be kind of cautious of is, like, being too negative on it. Like they've introduced like the city staff program, which allows people to report things they see and they're trying to like use it as a checklist to get things in the city cleaned up. Like things that are important to the residents, like like trash and that kind of stuff. They have these weekly city city these biweekly meetings about um, safety around the walk and those areas that that the casino people are involved in, that Tanger outlets are involved in. So you know, I, I think it's I think it is kind of it's moving in the right direction. It's taking a little time, but everything in Atlantic City takes time. That's that, like part of the bit. That's for sure. Hey, I, you uh, you didn't come to my uh, annual New Year's Eve Eve party on Friday. You were sorely missed. Hopefully, we'll get you there this year. Maybe I, you know, I have, I have two young kids. I have a nine and a twelve year old, so it's like getting out sometimes can be a little crazy. So uh, understandable, uh, understandable. But uh, hey, Nick, this is a lot of fun. I hope you'll come back. It was great to talk to you. I will definitely. Now I'm going to go back to bed, I think, until I have to wake up for the morning shift. Thank you very much. Thank you, Nick Huba, the press of Atlantic City. You want to comment on any portion of our discussion, you're welcome to do so at 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. Midnight. 